0: Welcome to the Momgasm Podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. Welcome back to the Momgasm Podcast. On this week's episode, Ollie and myself recorded from a secluded cabin in the woods on her 12th anniversary. It wasn't all about romance. It was actually a weekend filled with healing and a lot of processing. This is a very raw and intimate look into Ollie and I's relationship right now. And we were really nervous to record this episode. But in the end, we decided that someone out there might be listening and resonating with where we are currently. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes it's a lot of ugly crying and screaming into pillows. And that's totally fucking okay.
1: Hello. Hello, people
0: of the world.
1: Hey, everybody. How you doing? This is me and Sarah.
0: We are recording another episode from a cabin in the woods. Are
1: you gonna have those in the whole time?
0: No. Oh. We have no electricity or running water, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even that showed up really quietly too. <laughs>
0: Introducing Oliver Cresswell, the world's quietest singer. <laughs> I, believe I, can fly. <laughs> I believe I can touch the sky. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. It's now eight o'clock, ten after eight. I have ninety seven percent battery left on my laptop. Fire's dying. Fire is dying do you want to go fix that maybe put a log on it's only eight o'clock we're probably going to be up for at least another hour recording this
1: Okay,
0: please don't put out the fire i'm going to keep recording this all right he has he's approaching the fire he has a log a log in his hand oh god he's opened the door the flames are tiny he's poking it Poke the logs. Break them up. Pick the, poke them a bit more. Yeah. Like, is there? Oh, I'm gonna burp. Oh.
1: Here, get it, logs.
0: Get it. Oh, yeah. Kind of like mix it up like a salad. salad. <laughs> mix the logs like a salad. Stoke the fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire. All right. Okay. We're back. (laughs) Dagasm, part two. Big O and S. Cress.
1: Part two, part two.
0: Part two, part two. Part two squared.
1: Probably gonna have to edit out the slurp.
0: Nah, makes it more authentic. He's a real Englishman, ladies and gentlemen. He oh, yeah. loves his tea. I think we've, for the first Holy time shit. in our lives,
1: we've successfully made fire.
0: Wow, look at that fire.
1: You can't see this, but there's fire. and. Sarah and I, every time we go camping, we suck at it.
0: Oh, God, do we ever. We,
1: we can start it because everybody can start fire when you're lighting newspaper. Yeah. But then, <laughs>
0: We're great at lighting But paper. then as soon
1: as we put actual wood on it, it just dies. Yeah. And we thought that was going to happen here tonight with the wood stove. Um, but we seem to have actually burnt wood.
0: You know what? This this audio, this episode could almost be a little bit ASMR because you can kind of hear the fireplace in the background
1: going ding, ding.
0: Yeah, heating up.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. You just wait till it starts crackling. Turn it way up. Turn the turn the volume up. Okay, that was just Ollie. That
1: was me. I have so, ASMR. It's fun.
0: What do you mean by that? Because when I say ASMR, I say it as in, like, it is an experience. Mm. Like ASMR videos. So, like, it's a something.
1: It really took off. And I don't know if everybody who claims to have it has it. Because it's a very unique experience that is very difficult to put language to. I always used to describe it as kind of head tingles. or And my dad... Described it as his big and little feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it usually occurs, it's not predictable, but it's usually with people's voices. Um, And it doesn't have to be whispering. It's usually women, but it's happened with men's voices too. They don't have to be there in person. Mm. Um, But it just sends me dizzy. And it's like a really weird... Funky head tingly feeling.
0: I think a lot of people experience that feeling now, so that's why I think I don't think it's like a. Uh, yeah, I think everyone has a sound that gives them tingles. Some
1: people, it's not sound related. Sometimes it's. There's visual ASMR right. as well. Yeah. Um, or touch, like sense. Auto. Sensory meridian response, I think, is what it stands for. Hmm. Um, And until the internet, nobody really knew that it was a thing.
0: Hmm. So, here we are. Here we are. In this really nice cabin. Um, This cabin in the woods. We arrived today and just uh, outside
1: Tatamagush.
0: Tatamagush. We've got a river. It's like this tiny little cabin and the front of it has just these huge bay windows. It's got one bed, a couch, big old wood stove 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 in the middle middle to heat it up. No electricity, no no running running water. water. There's a beautiful river just below uh, the front deck of this cabin. The
1: deck, which is built around the trees. Yeah, there's three
0: birch trees that form a triangle. There is something, I mean, and it's the middle of October. The leaves are an unbelievable color.
1: It's our anniversary.
0: Today, holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. I haven't thought about it since this morning. Today is our 12th anniversary um, since we started dating Um, 12 years ago. We made it official, and then I think it was a week later, I took off for Katimovic and left for nine months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. So, yeah, we're here, and the... How do I word this? The weekend is not... the This anniversary isn't a... Uh, this getaway is not a romantic celebratory getaway. No. It's... Uh, we kind of decided on our way down that this was more of a a healing getaway. We've both... You and I have been going through a lot, and I know that I've talked about it on a couple of the episodes of... You giving me space to heal and and uh, letting me integrate certain parts of myself. And it's really intensified over the last week. Really, really intensified. And so, yeah, we're here. We're here to... Don't know. Oh, that's going to make a sound. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down. We came with... Journals with uh, canvases with paint with paintbrushes with crystals with tarot with books with Earth books a whole we've just we've got everything that we need to facilitate a really healing space for us and you said on the way down that this you've never done anything like this before like you and I have never done anything mm. like this for ourselves every time that mm. we've gone away it's had romantic Purposes And, you know, to have a lot of sex in a hotel room. And it's never, ever happened. <laughs> like, yeah. Digby you
1: know. was kind of semi-healing.
0: Digby was the, actually the only getaway that I wasn't on my period. Yeah. Um, that we actually had a lot of sex. Yeah. And at the same time it was really, really healing. Right. And that was... Uh, it was it was incredible. It was beautiful. It, it was. I'll never forget that trip to Digby. It was everything that we needed it to be. It was it was a sensual, uh, a sensual getaway. Yeah. But it, we made promises to each other beforehand that we weren't we didn't want either one of us to feel pressured to have sex. And we really honored each other's space and honored each other's journey to feel more sensual while there in Digby and to really tap into that part of ourselves. And because we gave each other space, we did fucking feel totally turned on and sensual and we enjoyed it and purely enjoyed it. Like there was no pressure, no nothing. It was just, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um and this getaway is something that we've never done. I think when we when we planned this, I said this to you on the way down, we planned it shortly after I was triggered in August. And it was for the means to get away from the hustle and bustle of our life and, and with just how much healing work we've been doing to just take a break. Mm-hmm. Like no distractions, no phone, no internet, no TV. No screaming children. children. <laughs> Just get away. No
1: meowing cat.
0: And relax. But, um, and, trying to change my butts into ands. Um, and this past week, um, the healing has intensified tenfold. We really are digging deep and uncovering huge parts of ourselves that we weren't ready to face and so this weekend has turned into something really beautiful where we are giving each other the space to heal and whatever is coming out of us we have this gorgeous little cabin in the woods to yell scream cry laugh Whatever the
1: fuck. Run through the woods, buck naked.
0: Yeah, fucking go skinny dunking (laughs) in the river. Like whatever the fuck we need to do. This is a we're giving us ourselves the space to do it. Mm. Yeah.
1: Which we've never done. I mean, not not only have we never had a weekend like this before, but the healing that we're doing and have been doing since August is healing work that we've never done before Mm. we've always in the past when something's come up we've tried to deal with it and cope with it as best we could and then moved on to try to get back to whatever normalcy is
0: Yeah.
1: and this time around, we realize that that's not what we need.
0: We need to cut the bullshit. You know, we need to not only take our own masks off, but remove the mask that we have created for our relationship. You know, everything that we thought about... What made this relationship, we're having to question it. Not question it, but reevaluate and really say, what do we really need from each other? Mm. What do we really need to be whole in ourselves? Sorry,
1: it's really warm in here now. Yes. Yeah,
0: fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Um but yeah, we're I was saying to you how I feel like I'm at this crossroads right now and um saying this on the way down like I feel like there's these two yeah, I'm at this crossroads and instead of choosing which way to go I am like just off playing in this field and nurturing the little girl inside of me and I feel like there's that's a lot of what my healing what my healing is is looking like and becoming is what you describe to me and which I would love for you to describe right now is all about the first wound because that fucking turned my head upside down and fucking threw me okay. for a loop.
1: Um, you might have to jog my memory a little bit.
0: So um, the reason I bring this up is because you taught me about the first wound, which I think you read in Iron John. Yeah. And the first wound being what happened to me when I was a little girl. And you said to me, In order to really be whole, in order to truly heal, I need to go to the first wound Mm. and heal that little girl. And that, as simple as that may seem, to say, okay, this is the first thing that happened to me, I need to heal that. It's not that fucking easy because I'm 30 years old and I've had 30 years of things that have happened to me that I keep coming back to over and over and over again. And I think, okay, maybe I should have done that instead of doing this. And maybe, you know, I should have said this instead of saying that. But I think a lot of what, of, of who I am stems from that first wound as a little girl and how I reacted to it and the coping mechanisms that I created then and how I, how I use them for the majority of my life and how I was completely unaware of it. And, Yeah, so could you, I mean, did I already elaborate enough on that? Or was there anything more to say about the first wounds? But you also taught me about the light shadow and the dark shadow. Mm.
1: Yeah, so Robert Bly in Iron John uh, says that the the first wound is very, wounds are very important things. Um, And that's the importance of initiation, especially in, for males is, because is, he's writing about men, he acknowledges the differences and he acknowledges that women have their own initiations, but um, he says that wounds are very, very important because that first wound, whatever it is, um, whether it's shame, whether it's trauma, whether it's guilt or anything that kind of starts you on this path of negativity that just bleeds throughout your life and I guess kind of where your positive energy seeps from, um, that without returning to that wound and being taught how to deal with it, how to heal from it and how important it is, it will just keep bleeding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it's important. He says it's important for men and male initiation. He uses examples of all, all ancient and Aboriginal tribes all over the world that take a boy when he's 12 years old and the men give him another wound. They give him a physical wound to remind him of his first one, but then they give him the stories and the mythology and the healing practices with that wound to help him make sense of his first wound to help him heal through that first one mm. um and obviously like initiation and hazing in universities today is a sad bastardization of of that tradition mm. it's just boys hurting other boys or boys hurting other girls or mm. girls are, whatever um but that wound will keep bleeding until you're able to go into it and go through it. You have to heal through that wound because if you don't, you're just doing patchwork.
0: But that's what I feel like I was doing my entire life. Like, I was, yeah, I was like like a... I clayed it to like an air mattress and there's a hole in it. So you put a patch on it and then there's another one. So you put a patch on that and you just keep putting patches on it to keep it in, to keep it in. So you don't let it out. And I feel like it comes out somewhere else. Exactly. And it would come out in really violent ways. Like there were times in my life when I was drinking too much and I would be getting into fights at bars. Mm. Um, cause I had so much anger inside of me and I'm realizing, and I'm, I'm going through this, I'm letting myself feel the anger that I never expressed and everything that we're going through right now, we're revisiting all of those old wounds and I'm revisiting, we're revisiting all the old wounds that we created together but we're also revisiting the wounds that we had before we met each other. And those for us are our first wounds. And the wound,
1: Yeah, we're having to revisit our first wounds because the wounds that have come up for us in our relationship are related to that, to yeah. those wounds. And we've done patchwork. We've done a lot of good patchwork over the years. But it wasn't enough. But it wasn't enough. And... I can't, something that actually Lindsay said in one of the episodes. I think it was the when shit happens and sex doesn't. And mm. She was you guys were talking about healing and saying how healing isn't pretty. Healing is hard work. Um, it's and I ever since then I was thinking about how the body heals a, a physical wound. You get a cut or a gash in your arm or something and it bleeds and then your body pusses over and it's it gets all kind of weird and icky and then it scabs over and mm. it's not a pretty process. And mm. sometimes it can hurt. And Tom, the other night when I was talking to him, he mentioned uh, purgatory, like the Christian purgatory, that if you want to get to heaven, to this pure state, with God if you want to be fully whole if you want to unite if you want to unite or destroy or however whatever word you want to use but unite your ego self with your divine self and purgatory is this cleansing fire mm, yeah and it burns it's not easy if it was easy they'd just be you just go straight to heaven and boo, yeah, you're done. Mm. But. Like the bare naked lady said in Love is in a Dangerous Time
0: is <laughs> in a Dangerous Time.
1: Nothing worth having comes without some kind of fight. And you gotta kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. So. Before Stephen Page did coke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's okay. It's all right. He can do coke he and still do write coke? amazing music.
1: He sure can.
0: Just sucks if the coke, you know, ruins the kind of not ruins, but uh, you know, interferes with the songwriting. That's when you know it's an issue. Mm. But anyway, this is not an endorsement for cocaine. Um, no, it really. Is. <laughs> so, with saying that, how do you feel about where you are right now? Huh. How do you? I mean. Just between you and me.
1: Between you and me and the microphone?
0: Well, just ignore the microphone. But...
1: It hurts. It sucks. It's... the most painful, brutally painful thing that I've ever experienced. But at the same time, there's that feeling that it's right that even though i can't make sense of it all right now and that i don't know where it's going i can't i can't really see very far ahead anymore
0: yeah me either
1: but and while that scares me it also doesn't there's a strange a strange comfort somewhere in the back of my heart.
0: I, uh, one of the cards that I drew from the deck, the animal spirit deck, that Bahia so lovingly gifted me. Actually, this was the card that Henry drew for me the other day. (laughs) It was the tarantula card. And, uh, been very drawn to spiders lately i think and i know that this is the time of year that spiders are more you know they're coming into the house for winter but i've been seeing them pop up more and my reaction when i see them is not fear i'm just like oh hey hey man how you doing you all right over there spiders are great spiders are great but um the card that i drew the tarantula was all about um trusting where you are right now and that it was saying how the tarantula is like an old friend and he knows he he's like wise and that he knows that the decision that what I'm the the decisions I am making are the right ones and I can find comfort in in that and that's how I kind of feel lately and I know that we're like in this limbo state where everything is up in the air and we're like, I don't know what's going to happen next month or a week from now. And, but there's a, there's a level of comfort that I've never had before. And the comfort that I'm experiencing is a comfort in myself, like a comfort in trusting myself and that whatever comes next is what is supposed to come next. And I think. That was something that I never had. Mm. I've always I think everyone doubts themselves. Everyone feels conflicted and and feels like that whatever they're faced with a decision that you know, they can't make that decision and they wish that someone else could just make it for them. And I feel like I'm in this place where, I'm just surrendering, like you said the other day. I'm just surrendering to whatever is coming next. Whatever is coming out of me, I'm surrendering to it. And I am focusing on my needs, my desires, my wants. I'm focusing on my self-care.
1: You're putting yourself...
0: I'm putting myself first and and that is something hard to do as a mother Mm -hmm. it's hard to do when you are in a relationship a long-term relationship because you love someone and you want to take care of them and you want to love them and you want to give them things and you when they're hurt you want to put them first because you love them and I'm finally I'm not finally but I am in a place where
1: you know that it's not selfish to do it for you.
0: Exactly. And by putting the work into myself and giving myself attention and trusting myself and trusting my needs, I'm going to become a better mother. I'm going to become a better business partner. I'm going to become a, bit, a better partner. I'm going to become a better friend. I'm going to become a better daughter. I'm going to But none of that matters. I'm going to show up for me. Mm. I'm the one that needs the attention. Yeah.
1: You're showing up for you here.
0: You know, I can't... I can't be anything for anyone unless I'm... And if I'm not there for myself. If I'm not showing up for myself. That's a very good point. And I don't think that I've showed up for myself in a, for a very long time. You know, before we had kids... I didn't know what showing up for myself fucking meant. I was a young 20-year-old who just loved to party and throw parties and mm. buy really nice clothes and, and travel when we could and mm. do my art. I didn't think at all about what I needed, to be completely honest. And then you become a mom, a parent, and then Parents are just kids having kids. yeah everything that you used to do for yourself you now no longer can mm. so then you're left wondering well who am i and what do i need to make myself happy while i'm in the chaos of parenthood mm. and then a lot of people are like i don't know who the fuck i am and freak out about it and and just get lost in the roles that they, they play in life and
1: then don't try to find it, and don't deal with it, and then midlife crisis.
0: Exactly. So I'm... As much as this fucking sucks, and it's brutal, and I'm stripping everything away, and I feel completely vulnerable, and I've never cried this much in my life, and I've never screamed this much in my life, I, uh... This is essential. This is peeling back the layers, throwing away the masks, throwing away the rolls and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, who are you and what do you need? And just making it simple every day. Every day I'm asking myself, every day I'm saying, what do I need to do for myself today? Do I need to put on a really nice outfit today? Do I need to go for a walk today? Do I need to sing today? Do I need to paint today? What do I need to do for myself today? And slowly I'll start finding this groove, this rhythm of self-care that I can just get used to and that will help me through this, this tough time and that I can teach our children.
1: One thing I thought of when you were talking then about trusting yourself Surrendering to, I guess, your intuition, or... Mm. There's the Alan Watts lecture I was listening to this week about dealing with pain. And it's something that we've talked about before, but he said that you know, this great system in the universe you look at the grain and wood and you look at the silhouette of a mountain skyline, or you look at the foam and the waves as it crashes on the shore. He says you look at it and you realize that none of that makes an aesthetic mistake. Mm. And the universe doesn't make mistakes. And you're one with the universe. There are no mistakes. But what's perfectly normal is that this whole system without any mistakes, for the human being, there has to be the feeling that there are mistakes. There has to be the feeling that something is wrong. And it's very natural to feel that when something is going wrong, to feel like it's going wrong. Mm. I mean, I think the, once he goes on to say that, you know, eventually Hopefully, you begin to have this kind of dual perspective that you can feel like something is going wrong. You can feel that there are mistakes that have happened. But also see that there aren't any. And that it's all just playing out as it's supposed to. Not that there's even any end goal, but that it's, you're part of this whole cosmic movement. I don't really do tarot like you do. You do it daily, that animal spirit deck you've been using daily. But I used it the other night for the first time and shuffled and shuffled and nothing was really coming out and you told me to not concentrate on shuffling and just concentrate on the question or the, the feeling. So I did that and then my two cards fell out. And the first one that I got was the frog, which was the war, was a water element sign and meant healing and cleansing Mm. and unburdening yourself. Because frogs aren't meant to carry a heavy load. And then the second one was the cobra, the fire sign. And the cobra represented the inner teacher, the spirit, the guide. And that That only appears when the student is ready to learn. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't do tarot, but...
0: That was pretty spot on. It
1: was very spot on.
0: I mean, it made you cry.
1: It did make me cry, both of them individually, as I read them and saw them made me cry.
0: I think we're we're both at this place, and you said it today in the car, where we are letting... Little Ollie and little Sarah grow up into the person that they...
1: We're supposed to be.
0: Supposed to be. They need us to be. I think little Sarah needs me to use my voice more.
1: We're starting recovery. Yeah. That's what, you know, you think of the word recovery... With regards to addiction. And I didn't, I hadn't thought of it this way until I was watching a talk by Russell Brand the other day, who obviously knows what he's talking about when it comes to addiction. And he said, What does that word mean? Well, what is it? What is recovery? He said, It's recovering. You're recovering yourself. You're recovering the person you're supposed to be underneath all the distractions, underneath all of the drugs and the alcohol and the sex and the...
0: The roles.
1: The roles, all the distractions that cover you up as you're growing up. And all of of the self that gets... The self that hurts and bleeds in that wound person that gets buried in under that shame that pain that's the person that you're recovering mm. and i never thought of that before
0: i haven't either
1: but that's i think that's what we're starting that's what we've started these last few months but we couldn't get here without all the patchwork that we did we did in the past even this last year for us has been so monumental for each of us individually in so many ways and you know i don't think that without this last year we could have gotten to this threshold and we couldn't have gotten up the path without all of the other work that we did to get to the garden gate before yeah you don't just show up and get ready to begin.
0: And then do it within a month and room. then you're good no. to go. You're whole. No, it's years. Yeah. It's years. and
1: Descent and ashes work take a long time.
0: And one thing that needs to be said, because we are a married couple, is being in a long-term relationship relationship with someone and doing the healing work beside someone. Both of you were doing the healing work beside the other person. Oh. That's tough. It's tough. And when people say, you know, you really got to know someone, you really got to know them deep down, deep, deep down before you can really spend the rest of your life with them. Well, yeah, there's truth to that. But how do you reveal such a huge part of yourself to someone in the early parts of your relationship? I feel like it takes years before you really start to peel back the layers, especially if you're in a position like you and me, where you have so much repressed.
1: That and because so many of us do, we're never going to be really us with another person right away no either I mean there's
0: but I wanted to say sorry but I just wanted to finish that thought of of it might be easier if you and I weren't together and we were doing this healing work because not only am, am I dealing with my shit but then I see you at the end of the night and I realize that you've gone through a whole day of doing shit and then we parent and it's fucking hard There are so many days where I just want to run away. I just want to escape. I want to completely call it quits. Because this is so hard. It is so hard. And as much as I love you with my entire heart. I am diving into the deepest, darkest parts of my psyche. The parts that have have never revealed themselves to me. Until very recently. And then I got to look at you. And you're doing the exact same fucking thing. And then we look at our boys and they want to play with mommy and daddy.
1: They want to play animals.
0: They want to play animals. I
1: have to go be a tiger after I've just. <laughs>
0: right? So something needs to be said for couples who do the work. I see you. I hear you. And no, it's not fucking easy. You're not alone. You are not alone. And I am here. We are both here because we have both thought many times, what's the fucking point? What's the point? Why? But it's... Humans are not meant to go about life alone. We are meant to be a community. We're meant to be a sisterhood, a brotherhood. We're meant to be family. We're meant to be connected. We're meant to be connected. We're meant to share our pain. And in this society...
1: We all of us begin our existence as one heart beating inside another, all of us, every single one, man, woman, in between, we're not meant to be alone. And even though some things may come easier in solitude and in isolation, and there are times for that, for sure. Absolutely. That's why we're here.
0: Yeah. I think but you no, went, sorry.
1: I was going to say nobody is born alone, generally speaking. We're not meant to live alone. And connection is hard. Bearing your heart and your soul mm-hmm. to another heart and soul.
0: Let alone to yourself. And then to share I, it with another person.
1: It's under, It's scary. It It's understandable that you would want to run away. And not have to do that. Because it's easier to shut yourself off.
0: I think you and I are at this point where we are done living in isolation. Just in our relationship. You know, done isolating ourselves from ourselves. From each other. And from each other. And from friends and family. Mm -hmm. We're done with the whole, oh yeah, everything's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm completely... Happy, fulfilled person. And for a long time, you know what? We did think that because we just kept pushing it under the rug. And I think a lot of people do that. It's easier to do that.
1: We did the patchwork and kept going.
0: But we're at this point where it's all coming out and it's hard and it's ugly and it's brutal and it's scary. And yeah, it'd be easier to just run away. But this doesn't last forever. Healing is not linear. And the really, really heavy days, they do not last forever. And something that I read the other day has really shifted how I've been dealing with my really, really, really heavy days. I saw this um, picture of, it said, how to feel your feelings. And it was all about how, instead of thinking about your feelings and thinking like, oh, I'm feeling sad because of X, Y, and Z. The X, Y, and Z being the story behind your feelings. And instead you shift that from actually feeling the feelings in your body. Where do you feel it? And so I've started doing that because for me, when I, you know, on those heavy days, I, you know, I'm thinking about a story and I can feel it in my body. But instead of, of, before I saw this, I would focus on the story and, it would just keep playing over and over in my brain and the feeling in my body would keep getting worse and worse and worse. And what I've started doing is stopping myself from the storm, from playing it over in my head and just feeling where it is in my body. Usually it's in my heart, sometimes in my belly, sometimes in my back, right in between my shoulder blades. And I just focus on it and I say to myself, this will not last, this will not last, this will not last. And I just breathe through it. And that's how I get through my days lately. Because if I didn't do that, I don't think I could show up half the time that I do for Henry and Roland. I don't think I could make dinner. There's a couple days this week where I just kept going back and forth between the bedroom and downstairs. And I would go to the bedroom, wail and cry and scream into my pillows then go downstairs and play with the boys and then go back upstairs and repeat. It's really hard doing this as a mom, let alone a partner. You know, I feel Horrible. I feel horrible that they have to see me wiping tears from my face. I mean, it was funny the other day when, you know, I, I, I just I decided then and there downstairs, I said to Henry, and Roland was there, I said to Henry, like, babe, mommy needs to scream into this pillow. I could feel the anger rising and it was almost like puke. Like I I needed to get it out. And I looked at Henry, I was like, Mommy's gonna scream into this pillow, but we're gonna make it fun, and you can scream too. And he's like, okay. So I screamed and he's like, I want to try. And then he screamed and Roland came over and <laughs> he screamed into the pillow. And It was so cute. And then I was like, mommy needs to creeps, keep, keep screaming. I was like, give me back the fucking pillow. <laughs> but they, you know, it was, I made a game out of it and that was a nice moment. But, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, uh, it's really hard going into these deep, deep parts of myself and, uncovering so much and piecing together things and that's the really fascinating thing so much makes sense yeah no
1: like the this week has been the hardest but has shed and it, it feels like it's the darkest but has shed so much light onto everything else around it on our past yeah I feel like so much. And I said this to you before, you know, if we had known what we know now, years ago, how different things could have been. But that's, again, we weren't ready. You don't just show up at the door, you gotta get there somehow. We kept thinking we were going the right way, and for the most part, we were.
0: So I'm really thankful for this weekend. Mm. You know, I know that...
1: I'm looking forward to going skinny Duncan again.
0: I'm really looking forward to reading the, um... I can never remember the fucking name of it.
1: Wait. Um, it's right there, isn't it? It's right here. No, it's, it's not. Down. It's in the spirit bag. Where's the spirit bag?
0: Where's the spirit box? <laughs> um, I think it's called The Way of the Wild Woman? Or The Myths and... Something about wild women?
1: Where's the spirit box?
0: Women Who Run With The Wolves. Yes, that's it.
1: Wild isn't even
0: in the <laughs> No, it is. Look, this is called Women Who Run With The Wolves, Myths and Stories of the Wild Woman Archetype mm. by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Um, so I'm really looking forward to being able to read this with my complete attention because for the last month I've been trying to read it and I'm only uh, 44 pages in. And usually, you know me. I'm a really quick, quick reader. And uh, but I've been reading it whenever I'm outside with Henry and Roland, and I'm watching them play and reading maybe, this at the same time. Maybe don't
1: try to read it while you the boys are awake.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm always I'm really tired at night, or I've got stuff to do for Mongasm, or I want to paint, yeah. or I want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Fucking love that show. Um, but if
1: what you need is to read that, yeah, it's been read it calling you to can me. Devote to it. Yeah, Iron John, I've been reading it for, since June, and I'm only, I only just passed 100 pages. Yeah. I can do five pages at a go, because of how heavy and profound it is.
0: Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to being able to give my undivided attention to this book, and, uh, and paint. You know that's what I'm. I want to do a lot of meditation, a lot of painting. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really thankful to be here, even though we are in one of the roughest, the roughest, the roughest uh, place in our relationship. Twelve years today. <laughs> Twelve years today. Here we are in this tiny cabin in the woods. One of the most brutal, the most brutal part of our relationship. But, um, I feel with all that being said, I know that this is the right path. And I know that this is, we are getting closer to a more empowered Sarah and a more empowered Ollie, you know, and as much as sometimes I want to run away. I want to call it quits. And I want to go live by the ocean and just call it a fucking day.
1: I feel the same.
0: I know you do. You know, I... But we made a commitment to each other. And I have known for a very long time, that's why I married you, that we're supposed to be together. And even our fucking pain, even this... We are meant to heal together. I love you too. I know we're meant to do this together. And it's hard. It's so hard. (sighs) And there's times where I'm so angry at you. And I just have so much anger in my body. And there's no other way around this. There isn't. The only way to heal is communication. It's the only way to do this. We need to keep talking we need to keep sharing. We need to keep being open and being vulnerable with each other. I mean the we've been having heart to hearts every night, not every night but at least once a week for like three months and this week. This week has been every, every night. night. Like heart to hearts as in crying, weeping, screaming. And yeah, it's draining as fuck. I mean, there's times where we're just, we look at each other after like an hour, two hours of heart to heart. We're like, can we just take a break? Like, can we just,
1: can we we watch Big Mouth? Can we just
0: watch Big Mouth or RuPaul and like eat? I can't do this
1: that we're here. I mean, giving ourselves time and space. And that's something that I've never done for you before, to my shame.
0: I've never known that I needed it to this extent. Mm.
1: But it's this is all this is all this is new and old for us. It's new for me because it's new in the way that I'm Giving you that space, and we're giving each other that time. I, and this is, these are boundaries and spaces that have always been gray for us that we're finally
0: making black, making and, black white. and
1: white. And maybe a lot of our problems kind of come down to that mistake, inverted qu- quotes, that we let there be so much gray from the very beginning we shifted through it back and forth. And a lot of the healing work that we've been doing this last year is about making things black and white, is about saying what you need, is about saying what I need, what we can give to each other, what we can't give to each other. Like you said, like you're not gonna, you can't, are you gonna, maybe some people do. And if you do, fucking props to you for having all your shit together when you meet somebody
0: (laughs) well done keep going (laughs) don't stop now
1: (laughs) but most of us fucking don't like we met in high school we were children yeah we were hurt children
0: yeah fucked up little children
1: and we shouldn't blame ourselves for not having everything figured out so that right at the very beginning we can say, okay, this is what I need from you. This is what I can give to you. Right, yeah,
0: fair enough. Yeah.
1: Because how are we supposed to do that? How are we supposed to know? And people are constantly changing and evolving anyway.
0: Yeah. So this is
1: not like it's one, it's not really one conversation that you can ever have with somebody because the person that you meet when you're 17 is a different person at twenty-seven.
0: Uh, yeah you are not at all the same person i I'm not either
1: I read that letter that I read of yours this morning that you you said that the man that I am today is not the boy that you met and fell in love with but here we still are
0: yeah I loved that quote I'm so happy to have read that letter again recently because of that quote of Marriage is two imperfect people refusing to give up on each other. But I wrote in my journal a couple days ago, or yesterday, I said, I still agree with that, but I want to change it a little bit too. And you want to change it. And I want to change it too. <laughs> Marriage is two imperfect people refusing to give up on themselves Very and much. each other.
1: And the deeper the sorrow... The, the deeper
0: the joy the deeper the sorrow the, the greater drainage. the joy and we have do have a lot of deep deep sorrow and such great some great amounts of joy you know and one thing that has remained constant for us was is communication I mean, even though it wasn't as deep as it is now it was it was all we knew back then. You know, what we were giving to each other was all we knew back then, but we still communicated a lot. As best we could. As best as we could with the tools that we had and knowledge we had. The and
1: best that it could when I was stuck in this
0: place. What's that from again? Tastes like a fuse. Right. All right, all right. As fun as I could when I was stuck in this place. Amen, <laughs> right. <sighs> right, right, right. hey you cool? <laughs> What's he talking about? I want to give a joint. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't be a lot cooler <laughs> if, you if you did, did. <laughs> <sighs> We I've admitted to you multiple times this week that I have felt hopeless and mm, um true. but
1: yeah. been good lighter days and heavier days. Yeah. And some days. Start heavy and get lighter, or or start lighter
0: and then get heavy, and and the one thing that and one of the things we've you know I'm really proud of us for doing. I'm proud of everything that we've done over the past year and up until now. And one of those is the amount of communicating we've done, not just about our sorrow and pain, but about our sexuality. You know, momgasm has really kicked off. I mean, before Momgasm, I was doing a lot of work to re, as I put it, all that, you know, a year and a half ago to reinvigorate my sexuality. That's what prompted mm. this journey for me. And then Momgasm happened, I think, like six months later or so. And and it's just been ramping up more and more and more. And, and as I've been learning, you've been learning and... As you've been learning, as I've been learning about myself, and you've been learning about yourself, we've been learning about our relationship, and the a whole new set of boundaries have been made. A whole new set of, of, likes and wants and dislikes and, understanding, understanding, and, I mean, this could be a conversation saved for another dagasm episode, but the one thing that I just wanted to touch on you know for the last however many minutes of this episode is what we were talking today about how sexuality is everything outside of what is a white cisgendered heterosexual uh, relationship uh, between two married people everything outside of that is is not really accepted and not really talked about and not really celebrated. Shunned it's shunned. shunned and shamed. And so everyone who doesn't identify in that's fucking or minute
1: problems don't fall within that.
0: Yeah. We all feel so isolated. We feel like there's something wrong with mm. us. And we don't talk about it. And then when we meet someone who happens to share it, you know, we we latch on to that and we think, "Okay, we're not alone." And and the point I'm trying to get across is how thankful I am for momgasm for opening up the conversations between you and I, mm. between me and other people, and helped us explore so much of ourselves that we felt so shameful about. And we're realizing that there's really a whole, not a lot to be shame, ashamed about, to be completely honest. Sexuality is just so fucking misunderstood so complex. It is so cleansed and purified to fit this fucking Catholic Christian Judeo Christian whatever form of sexuality. Mm. And
1: that's where we live.
0: That's where we live, exactly.
1: Sexuality in other parts of the world was celebrated. And then when Christianity spread That view, those views were annihilated, assimilated?
0: Assimilated, yeah. Whitewashed.
1: Right. Literally. Literally. The Europeans came to North America and told them that they were living in sin. The Europeans went to Asia and told them that they were living in sin. And when your system... Cultural, political, religious system. When the agenda of that system, or the view of that system, is that, you know, these are the morals, and these everything else is, everything else outside of that is sinful and separates you from God. It's just completely missing the mark. And we were talking earlier about we were talking about earlier about education again, as we often do, sex education and how the school system is a reflection what's taught in schools is a reflection of what most parents are comfortable with their children knowing and what we get what i got i I went to a catholic school my whole life until i moved here what i got was a reproductive education
0: yeah preach yeah absolutely
1: we get an education on what happens when the male penis is stimulated and where how the sperm moves from the testicles up through your, your urethra, out of your penis, and then into the woman's vagina, up the cervix and into the womb, where it may or may not fertilize an egg. And then once it fertilizes an egg, then a baby starts and then blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Where's the discussion of... Well, and again, we said maybe things have changed in the 10 odd years that we've been outside of high school. but <laughs> yeah. Is there a discussion about... Homosexuality. Is there a discussion about bisexuality, pansexuality, non-binary, asexuality? Is there a discussion about non-binary genders? Is there a discussion about objectum
0: sexuals.
1: <laughs> is, is there a discussion about consent? Other discussions boundaries. about boundaries,
0: creating safe spaces. Honestly, I'm actually. This is actually a question that we are. Uh, whoever's listening, Please. are the high schools <laughs> updating the sexual curriculum? Because
1: we need to know. Our firstborn is only like twelve years away from that. <laughs> So if it's not there yet, we, we need, need to get do it. something. And not even high school. Uh, we t- we well, exactly. L- we limit, we deny children sexuality for some very obvious and very understandable and very safe reasons. But Henry's been playing with his penis since he could.
0: Well, I think that in the, I, I do agree with where you're going with. But I think that in regards to like elementary, I think that's on the parents to be educating yeah, the children, ab- right. and I think it should be encouraged by the education system, like for the teachers to be like, hey,
1: you know. That's what should happen at parent-teacher nights. Right. Hey, as a teacher, as an educator of your children, to you, Mister and Missus parents, the, hold the
0: people, hold the parents accountable. What are you
1: talking to your children about this? Because this is what we recommend.
0: Yeah. Or whatever. Oh yeah, or yeah, something like that, and then in high school. When we're all hitting puberty and going crazy and fucking everything, like Big Mouth. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sex education is, is where that is most uh, needed. But when we were in high school, again, like you said, it was just about reproductive sexuality. It wasn't about the rainbow that it is now. Yeah. And I wish that it was more like that. Because I'm starting to realize that I just told you like a few weeks ago that I'm more fluid than I fucking thought. Well, me too. Yeah. And this is something that I never took seriously. Like I, I'm like looking at all these girls and I'm really attracted to them. And I'm thinking sexuality is way more fluid than people fucking let on way more fluid. I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving myself any labels. I'm not there yet. I don't know if I will. Ever, I don't know if I need to get there. I think I just need to know that I can be attracted to whoever and that's okay. That's the thing. That's case closed. Case closed, kids. You could have sex with whoever you want, and that is totally fucking fine. Just yeah. create boundaries, have a safe space, and be have consent. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, and always and forever. Yeah. But fuck whoever you want to fuck.
1: I've seen some pretty attractive penises lately, and I fingered my own butthole the other
0: week. Fucking A, you did, bud. I'm proud of you. Fingering your own butthole. hole. <laughs>
1: we're laughing but i'm not joking and it's
0: he actually did
1: i did and it was
0: i actually was proud of you i still am
1: i don't know where i want to go with it
0: you just want to say it it. because that is big for you it is and
1: that's that was that was the big thing for me it was i'm a 30 year old man
0: i've never fingered i've never
1: fingered my own butthole and I said, th- when I was, before I did it and while I was doing it, I was like, why did it take me this fucking long? Like, this is my body. This is my butthole. <laughs> I only need one person's permission to do this and I don't have to be afraid to do it.
0: Right? I think it's, what did I say it? Repressed homosexuality or not repressed, something, S- uh, something along those lines. Subconscious
1: homophobia Some or
0: something. Homophobia. That's what I meant. Yeah, Homophobia. Yeah.
1: Because I mean that's true for a lot of men. It's oh, you know, I blah 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 blah, but I'm not gay. Or yeah, oh, he's yeah, pretty yeah, hot, but I'm not but gay. But I'm not gay. That's or, always oh, the end. I saw so and so's penis in the locker room and but I'm not gay. But I'm
0: not gay. That guy's hot, yeah, but I'm not gay. It's like,
1: it's like why are we why do you need to say why that? Why do you need to pref- uh, preface suffix whatever it is. Yeah. Um why do you need to end All of those statements. Like, just say that that guy's got a
0: nice ass. That's okay. If you want to... Maybe you would like to have sex with that butt. That's cool. Maybe you would. (laughs) But please make sure that he also wants to. Mm. And talk about what you guys want to do with it. What do you want to do with the butt? How does he like you to fuck the butt? (laughs) (laughs) But this is the other thing. And so once we get comfortable with understanding that everyone can just be attracted to whatever and you know making sure that boundaries and safe spaces and consent is like number one first and foremost and then once beyond that be comfortable playing because inviting playing and curiosity and creativity into the bedroom mm. is is healthy it's and we're all just we're f- we're fulfilling this storyline of putting the p in the v making it come making her come job done i wonder
1: if we're on the verge and i we- you know, I always think we must be. if We're on the verge of another cultural revolution. Like the first, the first cultural revolution with free love was incredible, mm. and everyone was fucking everything and everyone, and it was great. Apparently, I wasn't there, but then. From some, what I've heard, it's from pretty what good. I've heard, it was pretty good. But then after that, you know people realized oh shit they're sexually transmitted diseases oh and yeah, infections. Yeah, yeah and hiv and it's kind of like the culture suddenly went oh shit we gotta put a lid on that
0: yeah
1: and went back the other way and just stopped they had all this fun and all this sex and then they stopped talking about it because like oh dirty hippies dirty hippies and dirty genitals and you know, bad stuff did happen. You know, we learned about stuff AIDS will and always people happen. died, and but we stopped having a conversation about it. I think culturally, and we're starting to have that again because we're we're really realizing that you really can, we're all
0: fucked up sexually.
1: You really can't ignore sex.
0: You really folks. can't. It's,
1: it's how we're all here. It's How we're all here. It's how a lot of us like to enjoy some of our time.
0: It's how animals aren't extinct, because they keep fucking. Hopefully they keep fucking and making more of them. Except for fucking pandas. Mm. Oh, non-fucking pandas. pandas.
1: <laughs> I really don't know how pandas are even Can you imagine still the conversation
0: here? between two pandas? Are you a fucking panda or a non-fucking <laughs> panda? I need to know right now before we continue this relationship. <laughs> like, are,
1: like, how are pandas... They boggle my mind. How have they survived as a species when they just don't?
0: Maybe they're aliens.
1: Right, asexual aliens
0: just George yeah something like that ancient aliens i uh, love that show season three yeah buddy
1: hashtag season
0: three um yeah we um i'm, I'm, sorry. I'm just thinking about fucking ancient aliens now <laughs> Shit. <laughs> What's your sexuality? Ancient aliens. Cool.
1: There, there, there could very well be ben. somebody
0: out there who... That's a thing.
1: Like the pterodactyl porn I once
0: saw. Tentacle porn. All kinds of amazing I things. It. I know you said pterodactyl. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there are so many incredible variations of sexuality, and I'm just tired of the one note that we're all playing. Let's play all the fucking notes, people. Let's get it's creative. It's a xylophone
1: of penises. Let's whack them
0: all. Why just penises? Why not labias and clitoris and nipples well, and I, tongues I, I, and well, sure, I just and butts penises and because they most hair right. and you're just just everything. Understanding the analogy. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, okay. let's play the xylophone of sex, people. The what? The xylophone. The egg xylophone? The xylophone? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you.
1: <laughs> I gotta get What do you what is from Do you play the egg xylophone <laughs> is it, is it made of eggs? Listen, I just It's <laughs> <laughs> a one-time thing. I got to buy a new one every game. <laughs>
0: Uh Greg, can we get another cut of that? The first cut wasn't very good. You gotta get a fucking dozen of eggs! <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to be a master of that instrument. Oh my god.
1: Just a little tap. Yeah, right. Like what? when you're making a boiled egg or egg and Oh salt well, or...
0: there you go, you'd boil the eggs. Case so, closed.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we we arrived at how to actually make an exile phone. Anyway. It's so fucking black out there.
0: I know. It's so dark. It's really dark. It's really warm in here. It is so warm in here. I do not do well with really hot environments <laughs> where I can't... What were you saying about growing
1: up in a cold oh, house and this God. being A-OK? Want to put another log on or just let it
0: die? No, no, let that baby die. Well, I think that's... Uh, it's a wrap. We, this was a perfect example of where we're at. We have a really heavy f- couple of hours and then all of a sudden we're joking around again. Mm. And then something could trigger us and we're like back to the depths. But the thing that I really appreciate is that we are really holding space for one another. Like when I am going through it, I know that I can pull you aside and be like, okay, this is what's going on. And you mm. just sit and listen and then you'll do the same. I can do the same for you. And Like right this morning. Yeah, like this morning. Um, yeah. And so that's been, that's been fantastic. Like we've never fucking done that in our whole 12 years of being together. You know, I would just keep swallowing it down, all the anger, the pain, whenever it came up or if I was triggered, I wasn't even aware of when I was triggered. I could just tell that I was, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Well, I mean, shit, I, I've only recently
1: realized when I'm triggered and what a trigger is for me too right like we're yeah we're holding space and we're communicating
0: and i think if that's the one thing that i can impart to anybody else who is listening and maybe in the same space that we are is we hear you it's fucking hard but put yourself first ask your partner to put them first their their self first and commit to holding space for one another commit to listening to the other person And commit to saying exactly how you feel. Don't hold anything back. If you want to move forward, fucking just let it all out. Lay it all down. Yeah, It's hard and it's scary. It's terrifying.
1: And you can be forgiven for... For living in fear. For holding something back because you're scared. Because that... A lot of us... We all do that. We've all not said something or not done something because we're scared. And that's okay. That's human.
0: And the coping mechanisms that you have, you know, don't... I think that was one one thing that my mom said to me the other day on the phone. I was talking to her and I was telling her how I felt. I felt like I was going through a really tough time that day with trying to conceptualize who I was because I... I was diagnosed with disassociative disorder because of my trauma. Um, and so my coping mechanisms, mechanisms over my lifespan have been creating these alternate versions of Sarah so that the pain and the pain, the little, little Sarah can kind of cry and then the outward appearance can get things done. And when I said that to mom, she's like, Sarah, I don't mean to like diminish the, the, the disorder. She said, but a lot of us do that. A lot of us, especially parents, we have to just get the fucking shit done. Yeah. And it sucks, but we all have to do it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right, yeah, I'm. You know, I I do know that there are varying degrees of a disassociative disorder, uh, yeah. identity disorder. Um, yeah,
1: what well, she's saying that you just, especially when you're a parent. Yes. You have to show up for your children. And yeah. you have to get it done and, it done. and then, keep being there for them.
0: And then at night let yourself unravel.
1: And that's what we've been doing. Like every night this week the boys go to bed and we
0: We do the we the do kitchen work.
1: The kitchen work. The ashes work. It's a we, metaphor. That's from Iron John. It's the descent, the long descent, or descent can be achieved by two things. Katabasis, katab- I don't know how to pronounce it. Just pronounce it Catabasis. you Katabasis, Katabasis. Katabasis. Greek word, the fall. It can come suddenly, it can come through the loss of a job, the loss of a, a loved one. Or it can come slowly and... Of a lot of time. And that's Ash's work. And it's tough. It is dirty. And it's painful and hot.
0: But necessary. But, but necessary. So yeah, wherever you are at, trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust what you need. And put, in, put importance, put stock into what you need. Really think about it. And one thing that I asked the women at the retreat... The, something that my friend Kelly our friend Kelly told us her therapist asked her and it really resonated with me and so I shared it with the women at the retreat was at night when you were lying there in your bed and all the lights are off and everyone else is asleep and you're lying there awake ask yourself who are you and when Kelly said that to me it took my breath away and I had this moment where I've, I was visualizing myself at night and Thinking, okay, who am I? And you know what? A couple years ago, I wouldn't be able to answer that. Especially after Henry was born. I would not have had an answer for you. But I have an answer now. I know who I am. I know exactly who I am. And I am putting so much fucking stock into that woman. I am lifting her way the fuck up. Because she deserves to be lifted up. As does everybody else. We deserve to love ourselves. We deserve to trust ourselves. We deserve everything that we put into other people. We deserve to give it to ourselves. And we need to give it to ourselves first and foremost if we're going to have lasting, fulfilling relationships. Not just with our partners, but with our kids, with our families. Yeah, some people have more than one family. With our friends. You know, they deserve to see who you truly are. And that's one thing that I've learned, and one thing that I'm, I'm starting to do for myself is I'm letting everyone in. I'm letting everyone into my pain, to my happiness, to my awkwardness, to my, to my, pr- my pride, pr- proud moments, to my sad moments. I'm just, there's no more sugarcoating it. There's no more bullshitting it. There's no more trying to subdue how I'm feeling to make other people feel comfortable. This is me. If you don't fucking like it, that's okay. Maybe we're just not meant to hang out. And you deserve to do that for yourself.
1: Yeah, I haven't shown up for myself for a long time. I've lived with a lot of shame. And a lot of guilt. A lot of pain. Some of it rightly placed and some of it maybe not so. But I've... I'm learning this is... This is what this journey has been for me. Is I'm learning to love myself, take care for myself, to be, to think of myself positively. That's what that frog told me. Yeah. Self care, something that I've only started recently doing, and now I'm you know part of my self care ritual is a bath once a week. Just have that time with myself, something that I've never done, to get to know the real me, instead of believing the stories I've told myself in my head.
0: One thing that I do want to add to that, and that I did, that I learned the other day was, there's healthy shame and there's unhealthy shame. Healthy shame is to feel shameful about a behavior, to say, I did something wrong, but I'm still a good person. You know, I acknowledge that I, that I, that I was in the wrong, that what I did was wrong, but I'm still a good person. And then unhealthy shame is to say, I did that, that was wrong, and I'm a horrible person.
1: You keep telling yourself that, you'll believe it.
0: Absolutely self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: that has been my problem for a long time. that has been my wound.
0: But you're not a bad person. I've seen the good person in you since the day I met you. I think I've been your mirror for a long time. But I need to stop being your mirror. Because I need to be a mirror for myself. You need to be your own mirror. You need to look in the mirror at yourself and see that you are a good person. And I need to look in the mirror and see that I am a strong person. You're sweaty. It's very hot in here. (laughs) (sighs) Well... On that very emotional note, this has been an emotional episode, but this is where we're at. This is the Ollie and Sarah show.
1: Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. And yeah.
1: Like, subscribe. um, (laughs) Review, (laughs) review.
0: share. (laughs) Follow.
1: I know if there are any, I know that this show is called Mumgasm. And that the target audience for this show is women, is mothers primarily. A lot of you out there may have partners, other men, and maybe you're thinking, hey, there's some stuff here that he should listen to. Maybe there is. Maybe he has to be ready for it, just like everything else. But whatever you're going through and whatever your partners are going through, you're not alone. You both deserve love and happiness and forgiveness and compassion and understanding because you're both human beings trying to make sense of your lives together. And that can be a very difficult thing sometimes, but you're not alone. And your answers will be found in different places to mine and in to different places to Sarah's. But I believe that you will find them. And I wish you all the best with it.
0: And with that, we'll catch you next week. Mwah. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you're not already following us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Momgasm Podcast. If you're one of our loyal, loving, luscious listeners, and you want a little bit more of what we've got to offer, find us on Patreon. Here we give out bloopers, snail mail, some merch, and so much fucking more. You just head to the link in our description. If you have a question for us, like for our next Q&A episode, we would love to hear from you. You can email us anything you want about any topic at momgasmpodcast at gmail.com. And please do not forget to like, subscribe, review, and share our episodes. We appreciate it so much and it helps get the good word out. And that's it. That's all we got for you. Catch you next week. Mwah.